0: for today's podcast. Dr. Smith, you're back with us. This is our uh, what we're going to start making a habit of now, and that's a, a board review podcast the day after a school board meeting. So, we had a school board meeting last night, so we're going to take everyone through the agenda. We do have a special guest joining us. Welcome to Dr. Carl Underwood. Dr. Underwood is the Assistant Superintendent of Business Operations That also makes you the Chief Financial Officer of EBSC, as well as the Treasurer. So, thank you for coming in and sharing your financial knowledge with us today. So let's start David. You want to just take everyone through and we'll review one more time how to get to board docs and then we'll, we'll get going.
1: You bet we'll jump right in. So this is our uh, homepage. So go to about us, look board of school trustees, click on board docs, and then basically access board docs with a click here. And then you'll see board docs come up. We'll, discuss the February 22nd meeting, and then we'll pull up the agenda. Okay. Um, so basically, as we've shared, there are many things that are very routine on this. Um, when we look at uh, consideration of allowance of payments, you click on that, you will see that the, the outcome of the voting. But since we have Dr. Underwood with us, let's uh, talk very briefly about the allowance of payments.
0: And I guess when you say allowance of payments, and I know you're very well versed in this, but Carl, I mean, what is allowance of payments? What are we even talking about there? It's
2: really a record of disbursements for the month. And we take this regularly uh, each month. Just a so
0: just like an individual, you if you look at your bank statement online, you see where the money went. That's kind of what we're talking about with allowance of payments. Correct.
1: Okay. So we are a large organization, um, multi-million dollar corporation. So we pay bills. <laughs> Uh, throughout the month. And as you know, the board has to approve these. So um, they're basically approving them through consent. Uh, As everyone knows, we're certainly audited on an annual basis. Uh, So there are many checks and balances put in place. But uh, if you would, Carl, just talk a little bit about what individuals see on their screen now and what what this means.
2: Sure. So this is just a record of a a payroll obligation for insurance, and this, in particular, is our uh, employer contributions on behalf of employees to our self-insurance fund for their medical insurance.
1: So, translated, we spend $3 million a month. EVSC pays on behalf of our employees $3 million a month. For their health insurance benefits, correct.
2: And you're seeing just a listing of the particular funds that the money mm-hmm. uh, was dispersed from, uh, and you can see the education fund is is the larger uh, of all the funds, but several funds are represented there.
0: And if you look in the upper right hand corner for this particular one, it shows the check date February first, two thousand twenty-one. So this on the on the first of the month, these were paid. And you say this is on a monthly basis, correct? The For insurance, okay. okay. And Dr. Smith, what you've got pulled up now, anyone that goes to board docs can click on that. You can go through and you can literally scroll through and basically see everything that's been paid out, either in this case monthly, but for the last two-week period of time. Right. And
1: so you'll see different check dates. This is um, February the 2nd. Textbook rental paid $443.79. And then also again on February the 2nd. Another one now on February the 4th from operations, $388. So there, this particular two-week period of time, there are 15 pages of uh, information that the board will then approve.
0: And again, no secrets. If anyone wants to see where we've spent money during the last two weeks, you can go right here and, and see everything. Absolutely. Okay, next item on there, Dr. Smith, is approval for grant proposals.
1: And these are basically classroom grants. Uh, Certainly do appreciate Rotary and PEF for providing funds for this, but uh, if folks are interested, they can go through and see uh, what grants or what, uh, classroom proposals have been submitted. Hopefully there will be funded through those grants
0: and kudos to our staff as well. We have a lot of teachers and other staff that are always on the search, uh, searching for grant opportunities just to provide extra funding opportunities, uh, to support what's going on in our classroom.
1: Absolutely. So Carl, if you could talk about item 3.04, which is the resolution and transfer funds from the education to the operations fund. So, why do we need to do that? Sure, so a couple of years ago, when we made a
2: switch from um, the general fund to the education and operations fund, uh expenses that were once housed in the general fund were transferred to the operations fund, and those expenses were covered um, from um uh, revenue that was receded into the general fund, so now that those expenses have been transferred over to the operations fund. Quarterly, we transfer revenue from um, the education fund to the operations fund to cover those expenses.
1: Yeah, so in layman's terms, the state still provides funding. Now they provide funding into the education fund, but they don't allow us to pay out certain expenditures from that education fund like they used to the general fund. So that's why on a quarterly basis, we transfer uh, about 5.5 million dollars into the operations fund. Correct. Would, what it, would it be accurate for me to
0: say this and I know we've been laser focused for many years now on how efficiently we run it as an organization because for every dollar we can save by being more efficient on the operations side then that does help us then on our academic side or educational side. It,
2: it certainly does. Uh, it moving expenses from what used to be the general fund to the operations fund. uh, And there are other funds that are housed in that operations fund. We have to be very conservative with the amount of money that we spend. Uh, For instance, uh, money that might be allocated for bus purchase or any uh, capital improvements. Uh, We're very cognizant of the money that we spend. And every dollar that we can save there can help offset any uh, future expenses or liabilities that we might have.
1: And another example in operations, when we think about, uh, buses, when they pull up to the school early, we have an idling policy, so that's why the bus drivers will turn their buses off. Not only is it good for the the environment, sure. but it's also good to conserve funds because uh, we were spending a lot of money to have buses idle. Uh, Now those funds uh, are not expended on fuel, but we can then drive those funds into the classroom.
0: And really that transportation area for us, which as we've said many times in the past, that is such a large part of our organization, our transportation system, that is certainly an area that we have spent a great deal of time trying to make that as efficiently uh, of a run operation as possible because that does result in some additional funds to then move over.
1: Yes, yeah, not additional funds. It's just reallocating funds really from And maybe that's fuel. the key, yeah. We we're get n- to
0: reallocate those to the classroom. Okay, yeah. We're certainly not, unfortunately, in a position to get additional. It's just taking what we have and really making good use of it. Correct. Okay.
1: Item 3.05 then uh, was just an extension of our contract with Republic Waste. And the good news here is that our pricing has not gone up since 2013. And then when we look at item 3.06, this is, uh, we received approval last night to enter into this agreement with virtual social education, really specifically Dr. Renee Aziz, who is Really uh, an expert when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, so she is going to help us with the selection process for our next chief uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion officer, and we're getting very, very close to doing that uh, to have that selection be presented to the board. So we appreciate Dr. Aziz's expertise. And, and that's definitely one thing. And, and I think in a future
0: podcast, we'll, we'll go into more depth on that, but that has really been a process, a, a very in-depth process. We want to make sure we do this the right way.
1: Absolutely. Right. And, uh, there's been a lot of things that have gone on behind the scenes. Uh, this is somewhat of a visible, uh, action step, but we've had, uh, many, many meetings and we're very, very close now. And, uh, I, think we all appreciate that.
0: Yeah, look forward to sharing more information on that down the road.
1: Absolutely. Item 3.07 then is, once again, uh, we appreciate the board approving uh, to extend the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, which provides uh, up to 10 days of paid time off for our employees that have to take time off due to the pandemic. And then finally, item 3.08, is consideration to approve the joint resolution in opposition to legislation that harms public schools.
0: Yeah, talk to us for a second about that, if you would, Dr.
1: This is a joint resolution from um, eight school districts in southwest Indiana, Um, and I appreciate the districts coming together.
0: To it's s- both the to districts and the teachers associations correct. that go along with them, correct?
1: And uh, our last board meeting, we had uh, Teamsters Local 215 and ETA and the board sign uh, an EVSC resolution specifically uh, aimed at asking the General Assembly to vote no on uh, House Bill 1005 as well as uh, Senate Bill 412 and 413. And uh, now we're basically talking about bills that harm public education. Um, and really, it's beyond the scope of this board recap, but there are uh, several bills that are advancing through both uh, chambers that are frankly very detrimental to traditional public K 12 education and in the long term hurt our communities, hurt our workforce. Um, you know, I, I know that many legislators. Uh, are using, uh, I think, a soundbite that, well, we think that families, you know, deserve to have their choice, and so we'll provide the funding that would typically go to a school district to them so that they can choose. That sounds great. Mm -hmm. It really does. And we really a concept I think that is hard to find fault with. However, public schools are the only schools that accept all students. So I would implore our legislators that if you truly do think that you are providing funding for parents to decide where they are going to have their child educated, then I would implore you to put language in the bills that say private schools must accept all students also if you're going to accept choice scholarship funds. Because if you don't do that, then it is aptly named School choice, because I guarantee you schools are choosing. Anytime you have a school that says, I want to see your grades before we admit you, uh, even parents that have been divorced, sometimes their, their children don't get admitted into certain private schools. So come on. Same same thing if they're
0: told, you know, maybe we're not a good fit to provide an education for your child. What you're saying is we need to all then be in the same situation where we're accepting every child, no matter what their
1: background, and then keeping every child. There frankly should not be a double standard. There should not be all of the accountability metrics on public schools, but none on private schools. And this is not a public school or private school debate. This is simply, let's be more transparent in the General Assembly and really say what you intend to do with those. You're now funding yet a third uh, opportunity for education in the state. You're educating 36,000 students that the state never paid to educate before at a time where you're taking money away from traditional K-12 education and public education, of which the state has a constitutional right to adequately fund.
0: And it's not like there's
1: been a windfall since we've said many times
0: for the past decade we've been funded below levels of inflation that have not kept pace with inflation. One more figure I'll throw out, and we've said this before, but I think it fits perfectly with this discussion. In the state of Indiana, over 90 percent of Hoosier children are educated in a traditional public school, fewer than 10 percent are in a private voucher-based school. Right. So it really does skew when you think of that additional money going to what really
1: is less than 10% of Hoosier children. And once again, if you're adequately funding public education in Indiana, that's one thing. But they also have a report that was delivered to them that was commissioned by the governor of the state on teacher compensation. That report basically stated that at a minimum, the General Assembly needed to come up with an additional $300 million per year to bring teacher sa- uh, average salaries up to third in the midwest right now i think we were 12th it is difficult to to recruit and retain the kind of teachers that we all want our students to have if the state continues to underfund traditional public education in the state.
0: Amen to that. And I will share, too, I was asked last night, just for clarification, you know, what's the purpose of a joint resolution? This is two meetings in a row where one has been brought forward. And I think the way I would describe it is it just shows that you've got so many stakeholders coming together. We definitely appreciate all individuals who have felt the need to reach out on an individual basis contacting legislators. But here we've had actually multiple organizations coming together saying, we all feel like this is the right thing to do. Correct.
1: And in part it is raising awareness because I know of no one that campaigned on this in the last fall election, but yet this is legislation that they're trying to have passed.
0: Okay. Well, that wraps up Dr. Smith, the consent items, next item, our next section of the meeting, of course, personnel recommendations. And that's just standard. You can always click on that link to see those and
1: click on that. And then the action items we discussed these, uh, our previous board recap, these were all, uh, included under information previously. Uh, they remain unchanged for the board's action last night, and the board did vote to approve those three action items.
0: Okay, and that takes us then to information items that then again you'll typically see at our next board meeting on action. So uh, we've got some policy uh, information to lead us off.
1: And this basically, uh, as Dr. Underwood explained before when the state went from funding a general fund and then levy funds to an education fund and operations fund this just is bringing uh our practice up to speed with that statute we've actually been doing this but it requires uh dr underwood to uh say how much we anticipate being transferred from the education fund to the operations fund.
0: Next two items under information deal with contracts for some uh, new floor coverings in two of our schools, which is very exciting. That's going to look great for those. But the thing I wanted to call attention to is you can also click and you can see uh, information on this as well.
1: Absolutely. So we're excited to provide additional flooring uh, or new flooring uh, for Hebron as well as Washington. We do an audit on an annual basis. and. Um, so these received the priority funding to have those floor coverings replaced. I
0: do think that's key. Our facilities office does a great job of that. When you have over 40, school or 40 schools in as many facilities as we do, of course, everyone always would love to have the attention, but they really do base that on a prioritization so they know what order to address certain building needs. Absolutely.
1: In. With 5.1 million square feet under roof, you want to make certain that you do so in a prioritized manner.
0: Okay. And then the last four items here. And, We'll ask Doctor Underwood to review these, and I know Doctor Smith. You may want to call out some specifics about this. So, Carl, once a month, you stand before the board and you give monthly updates, and and that's what we see here with six point oh four, five, six, and seven in last night's meeting. So, if you could, six point zero four, the Education Operations Fund monthly review. What are we talking about there?
2: So it's it's just what it says. It's a it's a review per month, uh, and it looks at expenditures as well as revenues and. Uh, The things that we look at uh, from a historical perspective are um, trends year over year, uh, just to look at what cash balances might be or to see if expenditures are in line with uh, prior years. And so uh, in looking at this one, uh, the month of January looks a little different. Uh, The uh, cash balances are a little different but it's due to the year before we had a three-pay month in the month of January. So those are just some of the things that we look at uh, from a report like this.
0: And I know you talked about cash flow as well last night, Dr. Smith.
1: Absolutely. And so basically when you look at the percent of budget, uh, so here it was, percent of budget to Carl's point in 2020 was 11.26%. So really in layman's or simple terms, you want to say, okay, so you have 100% of your budget, you have 12 months, you want to spend about 8 to 9% on a monthly basis of your annualized budget. As you can see, last year in January, it was 11.26%, but that's because instead of having two pays in the month, we had three. Cool. Uh, you'll see then from an education fund perspective, we're back down in the range where you would expect, as well as on operations, uh, we're down in the range where you would expect. And then you can see, the cash balance at the end of the month before and then at the current month. So you always uh, bear that in mind, look at the receipts, expenditures, transfers in and out. So you just want to look at this not only on a dollar basis but also on a percentage basis. Plan
0: well, 2 and when we talk about cash flow you and I were talking about this earlier it's really no different than an individual's bank account. If you look at your bank account after you've deposited a paycheck or anything like that it's going to look different than it is after you've sat down and paid several of your month's bills. Sure Obviously will. money comes in money goes out. Right. Uh, Next item, summary of cash balances by fund for January,
2: Dr. Underwood. So uh, this is just a a report that looks at the major funds and just where we are sitting cash balance-wise at the date of the report. So, again, just looking where we trend, uh, what cash balance position we might have in in the various funds.
0: Okay. Anything, Dr. Smith, you need to add with that one?
1: (laughs) I think that, that really is pretty straight ahead. You know, the referendum fund and the debt service, typically we pay those out two times a year. Uh, and we receive money in two times a year. So it doesn't look like we received anything in or that there's been a whole lot of action. That's because they typically see their action in the months of June and December. Correct.
0: Okay. I would meant to clarify on our last one, too. We've referenced several times this discussion. Um, our employees having a three-pay month. Certainly, we have fantastic employees, and we'd love to pay them as much as we could. But it's not that we decided just to pay them extra. They're paid every two weeks. And so there's three Fridays a couple of times a year, and it just works out. So that's what we mean when we say three-pay month. That's
2: that
1: is correct.
0: Um, six point zero six expenditure ledger summary by function and object.
2: So this is really a breakdown of detail of the expenditures for the month, and it looks at functions and objects, which are just classifications to identify expenditures across the district, and it tracks that compared to what the budget was. Okay.
0: Yeah. Anything, so, Doctor Smith? on, the, on
1: Well, the, you'll uh, see the the fund that it comes from. This is the education fund and the function the object, and then the description, the appropriation, which is the permission to spend the money if you have it, and then the month to date, year to date. And then once again, we look at uh, this percentage here. And at the end of the first month, you want it to be somewhere in the 90 to 92 percent range. Um, And if you're out of whack, then you'll be able to spend some time (laughs) digging into why that might might be.
0: (laughs) And Dr. Underwood, when we're when we're putting all these figures up on all of these different reports, uh, tell us again, I hear you reference quite often about being audited. And that just means what people from the state come down and actually go through all of these volumes of of data and figures?
2: No, they really do. It's from the State Board of Accounts. It's a state agency and they're actually here right now conducting an audit. Uh, And it's very in-depth. It requires a lot of uh, work from a lot of different people. Uh, to pull information uh, so that they give a thorough review of our finances.
0: I know you're very appreciative of everyone that's in your department because it truly does take a tremendous amount of work.
2: Absolutely. Courtney Boliber, who's our director of budget, spends an uh, ordinate amount of time working with the auditors to uh, make sure that the district is uh, in good shape financially.
1: Okay. Not to put you on the spot, but are there eight auditors on site? Currently there are eight. Eight auditors working, some are on site, some are working. Yes, there are. And does that happen on a yearly basis? It does now that we've uh, moved to
2: uh, gap reporting, uh, which yeah. is new this year. This is the first time this has happened. Traditionally, we were on a two-year okay. audit cycle. and So it's never been
0: more than every two it's years.
2: never been more than two years. Sometimes it's been longer than that, depending on how long it would take for them to get to the various uh, units. Okay, uh, But now we are in, on a yearly basis, so um, it's, a, it's quite a bit more in-depth uh, and requires a lot more time uh, from the district employees to pull this information
1: and they're not just here for a few days I mean no, it's weeks
2: it's months that yep. they are here
0: okay last item then as part of your uh, monthly presentations to the board of trustees is our two-year revenue comparison
2: yeah so this is just a look at a revenue over a two-year period uh, you know and then looking at um, the our major fund would be our education fund and we receive the bulk of our revenue from the state on a monthly basis, uh, based on student enrollment. So that's the lion's share of our revenue, but there are also other revenue streams that we look at. And then you'd also look at the operations fund, Uh, again, uh, you would uh, notice transfers in there on a quarterly basis, uh, which would be from our education fund, but we also have other revenue streams, uh, things like our um, We Care program, our extended daycare program, they collect revenue, so it would be reflected in that report. And then the reports behind that would be from our levy funds. And as Dr. Smith mentioned, we receive um, revenue from those funds or in the operations fund um, now uh, two times a year in June and again in December. Yeah,
1: so once again, this is a revenue report. Correct. But let's go back to the operations fund, and I've highlighted temporary loans. Uh, could you explain why there? it looks like we've had a decrease of Four million dollars. What does that mean and why?
2: Sure. So the temporary loan is really to replace revenue uh, to help um, cash flow us along because we only receive revenue for our levy funds, which would be like our debt service or um, uh, historical society funds or any of those type of funds that were Or transportation or bus
1: replacement. Uh,
2: The local property taxes, you only collect that revenue in June and then again in December. Well, we need to pay expenses prior to receiving that revenue. So as many districts uh, use, we um, do a tax anticipation warrant, which just uh, floats cash uh, until we receive our disbursement in June and uh, then again in December and we repay that uh, loan back uh, at that time. And it's a very low interest ra- uh, loan because they know taxing districts need to pay, uh, keep, keep operations going.
1: So this comes from the Indiana Indiana bond bank, and it's not just school districts, also cities, towns, libraries, libraries. Yeah, any, any so it's
0: really no mystery. It's something that's in place by the state to right. help all of these local entities continue to right. function financially.
1: But when you look at this report and think, oh my gosh, your revenue is off by four million dollars, well, we don't just pick a number out of the sky, there's a formula that. Is that we utilize, and actually a recommendation from the Indiana Bond Bank itself in terms of uh, the amount of funds that you should uh, request.
2: Absolutely. So, uh, Courtney, again, uh, the director of budget will go through and we uh, cash flow everything out. And in this case, in this year, we didn't need to borrow as much cash this cash this year, so uh, which is reflected in the report being down.
0: When you look at all of these facts and figures, all these numbers, you can see large organization here. And am I right in saying we have, is it a
2: $240 million budget? It's north of $250 million. Mm-hmm.
0: $250 million. So obviously no small endeavor here. I mean, this is a large organization, a lot of finances, but really no secrets. It's all right here for anyone, anytime they want to see anything.
1: And once again, uh, if individuals would want to go back and look all the way uh, through 2008, all of this information is here. We take these financial updates uh, to the board on a monthly basis, and all of that uh, information and history is here. Simply need to go to board docs, and you can you can look it up. Okay, Doctor Underwood, thank you very much for taking
0: the time. You guys right. do a fantastic job with our finances. We appreciate you sharing this information to our listeners today. Thank you, and Doctor Smith. I know before we wrap up, we've talked about this, but I I knew you would want to say something. We had a so many employees that did a phenomenal job over this crazy winter weather, making sure our schools were clean, the lots ready to go. I know you wanted to mention that.
1: Uh, thank you so much. Uh, did a phenomenal job. When you think about it, I don't recall a time in the last few years where we had sub-freezing weather for the extended 12 days, period of time that we had. Uh, I think the high was like the average high was 30 degrees colder than typically mm-hmm. uh, seen this time of year. And we actually had, uh, ice in the first event. Then we had very deep, uh, light powdery snow. And then in the third event, we had about at least three inches where I lived of, uh, wetter, heavier snow. So we had a lot of experience removing that, um, with single digit temps overnight. So we weren't getting yes. a lot of help from mother no, nature. Wind chill below zero. So, Our folks uh, did a phenomenal job. Hats off to them. Uh, We could have had school if we were just looking at our school lots and sidewalks. But unfortunately, you know, we're a countywide system, and the county has a lot of mileage to cover, as does the city. Uh, And really, we don't have the equipment in southern Indiana to to handle those kinds of uh, weather events that fortunately don't come around here very often. But uh, uh, certainly when it comes to the, the precip and then the very, very severe cold. So hats off to our crew as well as city and county folks. Appreciate all the work that you've done. As we're recording this, it's sunny and about 50 degrees outside. So we'll take that. We'll take that, we'll that, and let's it. hope that weather
0: is here to stay. So thanks for taking the time to recap this thank board you. meeting. Just a reminder, again, go to board docs from com, our website, 90.7 WPSR. You can listen to these uh, live as they take place every other Monday, approximately, at uh, 5.30 in the evening. So thank you, Dr. Smith. Thank you. all.